The train headed for Sunset City will be departing soon. Welcome to Sunset City, the podcast for the modern classic age. With me today is Nick, as well as whatever that's supposed to be over there, Cyrus. Uh, what? Hi. Hi. And he who has been to hell and back, Wayne. Where's my check? So how are we doing today, guys? Well, we're trying. We're trying to get. We're trying to get Wayne his check, but it it got left on like the seventh level or something. I think. All right. Well, I still haven't received a single penny of the revenue either. So, like, where's the where's the money, serious? Come I on, think, I think it up. I think no, no, no. Wayne was supposed to get a check for being in hell. And oh. This is a different project entirely. You see, he made. He, there was a deal made with Satan that involved a lot of things we can't say on the podcast, and it's it's how he got out of there. But you know, here we are. I thought the exchange was Wayne goes to hell in exchange for giving you voluptuous breasts. No, no, I got those of my own accord. That was a different deal with the devil. Nah, he he already paid the titty tax. <laughs> how is it going, everybody? Also, uh, Jamal. As always, thank you very much for the $2 super chat. Be theory forever. We will never be able to escape it, pup. Be theory forever. Isn't that right, Nick? <laughs> okay, Jesus. No need to be, like, problematic about it. Christ. Yeah, that was, that was okay. some real fucking dirty language, Nick. Jesus. Yeah, man. Come on. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to censor all now. of this out. Yeah, we just mute him. There we go. <laughs> Jesus. All right, guys. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, pup. You were uh, reading the Jamal super chat. Oh, it's already been read. Don't I already worry. did that. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. God. So okay? uh, today's <laughs> episode's a uh, little catalyst, I guess. We do have a little bit of uh, news to discuss. Uh, we've all probably heard about this by now, but we're going to give our thoughts on it. That's that's the way things work over here. We deliver the news a few days late. Um, yep. So Idris Elba has been cast as Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, so what do we think? I'm all for it, honestly. Like, okay, so considering... <sighs> I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like get real angry about it and go like, oh my god, he's British, we don't want a British Knuckles. Dude can do an American accent. Like, Either way, there's no reason why Knuckles can't have a British accent, to be fair. I mean, you, while you're right, there is, like, there is personal preference, like, not wanting a character to have an accent that you're not used to them having. I can I can understand, while I can understand uh, people being upset about that, just being like, I don't want him to be British, he can do an American accent, and he's done, like... He's done other characters as well. Like if you've seen Thor Ragnarok, he's Heimdall. If you've seen the Suicide Squad, he's he's Bloodsport. Like, dude's got a pretty good range anyway. Like, to be fair, be Bloodsport seen... was basically just his normal accent and voice. But like, it... and I think you same ever... goes for Heimdall. Even he still had a British accent even there. Uh, you ever seen uh, Star Trek uh, Beyond? Now that I haven't seen, but I want to see it. Good. More people not. should watch that. It's one of the best Star Trek movies. Oh my god. He's I'll uh, give it a watch. I'll need to watch okay. it at some point. But yeah, the point point is, like, dude has a lot of acting credentials. Especially, he's in Zootopia of all things. He's as well. quite a get. He's quite oh, a he get really? for this movie. Yeah, like, he was Chief Bogo in Zootopia. Who was Chief Bogo? 
you know the 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 horn fella. The, he was the, the who, he was the ox who was like yeah he was telling like everybody guy. what to do during uh during meetings like a chief. Okay, forgive me. I saw the movie like once and didn't think much of it. So also ah, we've fair. got um Sonny here with the two Canadian dollar seventy nine saying Idris Elba for Zavok. When I think you actually brought up a good point earlier, Sonny, when you said that most Knuckles voice actors have also voiced an enemy in the series. Like for example, wasn't it like Dan Green also voiced uh Mephiles Me- or something? Me- yeah, Dan Green did Mephiles. Yeah, so why you know that that there it is. There's you've you've discovered it. Zavok is in the movie and will be voiced by Idris Elba. Oh boy, <laughs> damn it! No. The thing is, to be fair though, also like if we were to go kind of correctly with the Sonic characters' accents, like Sonic would have an Australian accent and Knuckles would have a Jamaican accent, like, to be fair. And I mean, I'd Knuckles was kind of... That. Knuckles was kind of originally cast to have a Jamaican accent years ago, wasn't he? Well, yeah, wasn't, like, his whole color palette kind of Jamaican-inspired? Yeah, yeah like, his whole... shoes and everything. Like, like yeah. as, as people say, he was black-coded. Because he, um, he had he had dreadlocks, he had Rastafarian uh, colors for his shoes. Like, he he already was coded for all of that. And I've seen, like, just watching the meltdowns on Twitter about this has been I would say it's been eye-opening but it's also just kind of a thing you have to expect like literally anytime you cast someone in a role there's always going to be people angry especially if that person doesn't match what their paradigm is I've seen people literally screeching but Knuckles is white on Twitter and just, just like eh, oh, what? he's a fucking echidna he's a fucking echidna stop they... They but, cannot handle the fact they they can't handle the exaggerated swagger of an echidna. Oh my god! God no. damn it! Well, I it's so even when I was a kid, I uh, so playing like Sonic Adventure Two Battle, I don't, uh, uh, you know what? I don't care. Um, I didn't. I I always kind of saw him as being a little bit more black. I mean, like, uh, just look at the way he was colored in like Two Battle. Like he he had so much more of he like had, a tan look to him, and I tan. yeah, he had a darker <laughs> muzzle. I don't know. I thought he was fucking cool. Like it was, it, it, it just let him be black. It, <laughs> it, it, and you know, well, hang on, hold up. Like Nick, what what are your thoughts on this? Jesus, Jesus Nick, fuck, that word dude. is that word is off bounds, man. Come okay. on, no, you can't say that on the podcast, dude. Nick, we gotta apologize for the game apologist here. So disappointing. Yeah, I thought you were better than this, Nick. Oh my god. Anyway, so that colorful language aside. I don't know. It's it's weird watching all of this stuff just like go down because I like, get this is a this is kind of part of the Sonic uh, the Sonic cycle, right? We're like, no matter what change happens, no matter how good it is, or or how much it doesn't affect anything, there's <laughs> always going to be this giant you know public meltdown about stuff where Sonic is concerned. But this specifically, the way in which I've seen it happen is weird. Um, I'm actually probably going to be covering some of it over on my main channel because of the distinctive flavor some of it has taken um mm. but yeah no it's uh it's 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 really weird because it's something that it's something that really doesn't affect anything like i what are what are some of the common complaints we've gotten like we don't uh some people have said we don't want him to be british again he can do other than british accents it doesn't matter even if he was doing a british accent who cares just have a british knuckle knuckles enjoy it um Second, Idris Elba being black. We've had the, a few people try to scream that Knuckles is white. That's not he's an he's <laughs> so an he's an echidna. He's not even going to change his design. We've already seen what he looks like anyway. <laughs> like it makes and, no difference whatsoever. What and what then, nationality he is you know? exactly? Ethnicity like it doesn't rather. it doesn't 
matter. Who whoever you have voicing him, it doesn't matter as long as they do a good job. Like and then and then the one of the last ones that I've seen, and this one this one to be fair, I've seen more often, uh, and I can kind of understand it a bit more than the others. It's that Idris Elba's old. And they're just like, ah, but he's so old. And like, yeah, I guess I can understand on the one hand, he's a he's he's voicing a character who's supposed to be a teenager, right? Like all the Sonic characters, for the most part, are supposed I to be some... I don't understand, though. None of that is a foreign concept. Like, so, Roger Craig Smith as Sonic is not 15 yes. years old. Like. Un- understandable. Well, my, my thing with Knuckles was always that, like, again, I was introduced to the character through, like, the adventure games. and uh, But, like, what I got from him was he was this ancient guardian. Like, he seemed and felt older than the rest of the cast to me. Because it seemed like his place in that world was just a little different. And he came from, like, a different... Uh, you know, a different era almost. Yeah, I mean, the, to be, but a lot of that also, to me, it, it, he did seem older than the rest of the cast, but also at the same time more naive. Cause like, he was, like, he was super sheltered. Like, he's just, just imagine you only existing on an island your entire life. What kind of mentality you're going to have? You're going to have a lot of wisdom when it comes to like agricultural stuff, how to grow your own food, how to like take care of yourself. You're going to know a lot of that. And you're going to think that someone like Sonic's really naive for not knowing stuff like that. But then when it comes to like basic social stuff, you're going to be lost. Yeah. Like, um, canonically, I, he is, like, 16 or 17, but, like, um... So, I always wondered about that. He's an elder spirit, though. Like, inside, he's, like, he's wise beyond his years, yet he's also a little bit of a meathead. Like, Okay, you know? so he's... So let's... Actually, I want to touch on this for a second. Sonic Podcast, we we can go off the rails a little bit here, right? Yeah, sure. usually, but that involves losing one of our lives. Okay, so, question I want to... I hate you. Uh, <laughs> question I want to ask is... Uh, last Echidna. And he always seems to act like he has no idea where the rest of them are or what their whole deal was. We never saw any of the other Echidna tribes uh, in the games, except for, I guess, Chronicles. But even then, they really didn't explore, like, his history with them to any meaningful degree. And, uh, okay, if he's, like, 17, where, like, there had to have been other Echidnas not that long ago. What happened to them in the short term? Because Perfect Chaos happened a long-ass time ago. Was he in cryosleep? Or, what, I mean, like, did he get sent into the future? Like, what the fuck happened there? So it's a mystery. If we're, if we're talking, so, like, Sonic Archie comic stuff, uh, cryosleep was one of the technologies that Dimitri did have access to, if memory serves. And that was, like, that was one of the ways that they kind of explained that away. That, like, hey, the other the other echidnas are either in... in cryosleep or hiding. I don't remember the exact like mechanics that were involved, but like that that kind of was one of the ideas played around a bit with because whereas in the adventure games Knuckles societies is seen to be like very very agrarian in the comics it was a lot more um they were like this super hyper technologically advanced society that went into hibernation almost. Um so that has been that- that has been kind of explained in other media a little bit, but obviously that's See, not now, canon if, to things now. If I were Knuckles, I'd resent that. They could have at least, you know, frozen a nice female echidna with him or something that he could breed oh with. So yeah, could Julie, restore the echidna race. They did, Julie Sue. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, in the <laughs> games, not all that. Fat oh my god, stuff. I forgot that I knew who Julie Sue was. <laughs> Every time Knuckles dies, a new Knuckles is created. So does he breed with Julie Sue or nah? 
pretty sure that there's a wait. No, that's a Ken Penders thing, isn't it? Yes. So get that which out means, of here. Which means, of course, get he did. that out of here. <laughs> but the I, point. The point. Not, mm, sorry. Go ahead. As I say, the point is that like the that problem has existed, and other writers have looked at that and tried to see like, okay, how do we write around this really obvious glaring issue because i because i i do agree that's kind of an issue with like knuckles's past that i don't think is going to exist in the movie um to be fair because the sonic the first sonic movie you saw a lot of people from knuckles tribe attacking sonic in the first scene i was actively cheering in the theater just by the fact that we saw echidnas and that they're assholes yes which is exactly how they are in the adventure series they were they were literally genocidal colonizers (laughs) we need the chaos emeralds for more power why? Who's the threat? We're not going to tell you until Bioware fills in that plot hole later. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it, it seemed like uh, it was all for for Conquest and Sonic Adventure, right? Yes, that's kind of what it was. And then it was it was it was uh, it was plot hole filled a little bit again, like by Bioware during during Sonic Chronicles a bit. But that's not canon anymore because of all the weird stuff that happened with that game wait you mean to say that i just fought that fucking 30 minute long marauder battle yesterday only for it to not be canon it doesn't even matter are you playing sonic chronicles right now i am oh boy i so i gotta be honest uh i uh i i had that game i think at launch i think i pre-ordered it um and i really liked it when i was a kid that, I, my favorite bit here. of it so far has been chopping log for that old man at the start of the game. I'm gonna, <laughs> That's been my my favorite. I'm gonna be honest. As a kid, I really enjoyed that game too because for like I, I've said this on other episodes and I'll say it again here. My favorite part of the Sonic series for the longest time had been the story. It's why I was invested in the comics as a kid. It's why yeah. I loved Sad AM over anything else. It's why the adventure games always had more appeal to me than, than anything else is because that it's why Oh six, like despite that game being an absolute garbage fest, I've sat down and I've watched like the entirety of Oh six's cutscenes repeatedly. Like they're a movie because as bad and hackneyed as a lot of that stuff is, I like Sonic stories. Wait, Cyrus, did you did you see my uh, Zack Snyder style Sonic 06 trailer? Uh, I have not seen the trailer yet. No, I know I know you're talking about making it, but I haven't watched it yet. It proves my point that Sonic 06 is a Zack Snyder film. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! Not sure how to feel about that comment, but <laughs> like I, because of a lot of that though, I liked playing Chronicles as a kid. At least the first time around, I never played it a second time. Um, probably a good reason for that. I don't. I'd also already played Elite Beat Agents before playing Sonic Chronicles, so like that also could be one of the reasons why I didn't play through it twice. Because I already had better Sonic Chronicles at home. Um, but that story in that game it wasn't all that bad to me i didn't mind it about the only thing that i couldn't stand was the was the autopilot final boss battle like and then some of the fights felt really grindy like for a game that wanted to be a fast rpg some fights lasting upwards of two minutes in a turn-based style yeah maybe a bit a bit long for me i had one that straight up lasted me 10 minutes yesterday it's Um, crazy 
But um, actually, but, you know, my favorite thing about it is is like the little text box bits where you can pick what Sonic says. Oh yeah, the you, the, the Bioware pick, RPG bits. You can pick like really rude answers for Sonic, and I. Oh, he can be a that. real asshole. I love right. that. You know what actually was also so because I'm because the other half of like Sonic story stuff for me is continuity. You know what's also great, um, pup. I'm not going to spoil the ending of Sonic Chronicles, but I will tell you that it picks up at the beginning of Unleashed. Oh, okay. I thought like I, I know I know how it ends. Like with okay. like the big the big cliffhanger with Doctor Robotnik. Yeah, and but... the. And the cliffhanger has him with his fleet identically to how it is in Sonic Unleashed. Oh, that's right? awesome. Which is interesting because, uh, you know, actually, when I first saw a teaser for, like, uh, Sonic Forces, I actually legit thought that that was the long-lost sequel to Chronicles because I it was felt about like it... to mention that. Like, they could yeah. have had that lead oh, in. Jesus, I just noticed your... Your avatar changed. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, people were complaining me. about the other one, so I figured I'd change it to uh I could always to the wiki one. I could always switch to fucking no. bikini service. No, just leave it. Just <laughs> just leave it. This is a PG podcast. I've already done it once before. It's a oh. PG podcast, you fucking idiot. But you know, if you if you if you get like at the end of Sonic Chronicles, the the fleet that is shown with Eggman there is colored and styled exactly like the fleet that he uses and the ship that he uses at the beginning of Unleashed when he gets his when he gets his ship pounded in by Sonic. So, like to me, it always seemed like the reason that Eggman was able to get everything sorted out for that weapon and everything just under Sonic's nose. Outside of the reason that he's always able to do do that for some reason, uh, was because they were busy over in the other dimension in Sonic Chronicles, and they just came back to Eggman doing all of this because you know spoilers, Eggman betrays you in Chronicles. But you know, I I do wish that it had been a better game overall because I didn't hate the story. I am with you on that. I wanted to know more about the Marauders and such, uh, but I was legitimately interested in their whole thing. And I do remember uh, liking... Um, oh, shoot, what was her name? The uh, the one Echidna that kind of liked... Shade. Shade, Shade, Shade yeah. yeah. Uh, she's cool. I liked her. Um, and I understand that... The Marauders, and I think her specifically, were kind of part of the instigating factor that led to the whole Ken Penders thing. Um, which, like, I, I have, I have always felt a little conflicted on on that that whole shit show, just because it's just like I can kind of understand where Ken Penders is is coming from because. Up to that point, I talk a lot of shit about Ken Penders, mostly because I, I legitimately am not a big fan of his. Um, but I do want to at least try to be a little bit fair and say he did more for the Echidna history than basically anything else in the franchise had up to that point. So to see something that was kind of springboarding off of that, giving him no credit and no, like, uh, really mention at all, and so much of it coming out so similar, um, then, yeah, I can see where he, he drew some issues. Then, again, there was always the potential for the Sonic franchise to, to toy with that stuff again. And there's only so much you can do with the base Echidna design. It was always going to look kind of like his stuff. So I still yeah. feel like he kind of reacted to it in, in improperly. But it, it's like I, I can see where 
I can see both sides on that whole thing. Chronicles is such an interesting little, like, part of this poor franchise's history. Yeah. It's... Also, uh, thanks to uh, Mao for uh, 2,500 Chilean pesos. Uh, we don't know much about the movie yet, but it feels amazing to have a Sonic project that looks more promising than anything else. Cynicism is exhausting. And yeah, I, I feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I was uh, going to say on the Chronicles front is like playing it for the first time yesterday. One of my first impressions was it feels quite amateur though. Like it, it feels like an amateur game, like a fan oh, game. I I like think they the have no budget. Um, the opening cutscene looks like a, a Newgrounds animation. And I the music. <laughs> the music. What music? Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> we, I forgot music in that game. Oh, you mean that, that stuff that grated on my ears like a cheese slicer. Yeah, that. I, that's I, music. I just remember starting with the game. It's like, which is, what is this? <laughs> which is funny because as a kid, I liked the composition, but hated the instruments. And then I found out later that it was like the one song I liked the most, but wanted to be better is apparently a remix of a song that already sounds better. So no, or basically, uh, there's actually a story behind it um, is that basically there was like a buyout of uh, Bioware or something. So the mm -hmm. uh, person that was originally contracted to make the music, uh, well, their contract wasn't with the new company or whatever. So a lot of the ready-made soundtrack had to be discarded. And um, basically, I think non-musician developers basically took midis of the original Sonic music. And you can tell a lot of it is classic Sonic music. And basically tried to rework those midis into not sounding <laughs> exactly like classic remixes. Yeah. And uh, you can still tell, and it's ultimately just a mess, and there's like zero understanding of music theory in any of it. But um, there, there are some remnants, and that's in the battle themes. But I noticed that they're scuffed as fuck. I don't know if that's because they needed to cover it up, or because uh, it, you know, maybe the Nintendo hardware struggled with the bitrate or whatever, but still. N the, the Nintendo hardware wouldn't have struggled with the bitrate there, because Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver exist, and those games have brilliant use of the DS's sound chip. And it's uh, true, but I think these yeah. were like MP3 files that they put onto it. These yeah. didn't use the DS sound chip. They weren't like MIDI. Yeah, they just... were. If, if, if they were MP3 files that were being played through instead of being like, uh, in, instead of being played through the, the sound chip itself. And yeah, I can understand that sounding awkward, but there's. So even if even if they're sounding awkward because of that, as a developer, when you're look when when you're playing the game on your on your hardware dev kit, and you hear how everything sounds, there's got to be a moment, at least one moment where you go, "Hey guys, this uh this doesn't feel right. Why doesn't it's this feel right?" It's even if you compare it to something like um, something that had not quite the budget of a uh, Pokemon release uh, and was released around the launch of the DS. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Lost in Blue. I have heard uh, of Lost in Blue. I haven't played it, but I have heard of it. Isn't that I... that SpongeBob fan film from Russia? No. It's, there have uh, not it... been four meetings because of Channel 
<laughs> it's uh, it's part of uh it's part of a konami series uh that's actually referred to as survival kids over in japan started as a game boy color title it's uh getting kind of expensive over here uh, uh, uh sorry sorry uh but yeah no, no no that was a uh that was around the launch period of the original ds and god just the opening title theme sounds so much better than anything in sonic chronicles and it, it kind of goes to shows that um, with minimal budget on a release, it, it's something that was released towards the beginning of this hardware's life cycle, where people weren't really accustomed to it. Nobody had really had the time to develop with it before. Uh, so even with lack of experience, it still sounded better. It just kind of goes to show that, yeah, no, the, the music in, in Sonic Chronicles is just a complete failure. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, yeah. the thing is, it's not even just that, that I think it has an amateur quality to it either. It's also, like, the character models here. Like, this came after Sonic Rush, and they just look unsightly, like... You know what they should have done? It's just get the models from, like, Sonic Shuffle. The thing is, I don't know what they did and didn't have access to, because, like, part of me thinks they may not have just used the Sonic model from, like, Rush. But then again, that's a Dimps production. Dimps probably had those models, and it's like, maybe you can't exactly go get them from up uh, there there it is the one and only danky says that's spongebob beyond pop it was called spongebob beyond the tale of beyond oh hey was... i will be i'll be right back it's gotcha. a really fascinating series there was a so there was a thing in the marketing for sonic chronicles that really got to me and i guess when when we get to the point where we're talking about chronicles is like a full-on episode we'll expound on this a little more but one of the things that really got to me was I don't know if you if you paid attention to any of the like magazine marketing for the game when it hadn't come out no, yet. No, I, I know nothing about it. Like all I all I know about Sonic Chronicles is that my pink friend Joey was desperate for me to play this game. Like I'd I'd heard that it was an RPG. I wasn't all that interested because I'm not really into that kind of stuff, especially with Sonic. I just want to go fast. Um, so I basically bought a bunch of DS Sonic game, mm -hmm. and he was constantly begging me to play Sonic Chronicles because one of his favorites. And basically, we struck up a deal. He's basically going to give me a present in exchange for me doing a review of Sonic Chronicles. So, like, <laughs> oh my! So you're so you're being paid off by the elites, are you? Um, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of mine. As I say, he's my pink friend. He's Joey. friendly with the elites, everyone. No, um, but in the marketing for Sonic Chronicles, there was this really big push to talk about how they had hand-drawn overworlds. And, and when you're playing Sonic Chronicles, the overworld areas don't look horrible, but they're they're obviously 2D, right? Like, they, they don't look 3D. They yeah, don't yeah, look they're... Model. They're, they're, they're 3D the way that original Resident Evil was 3D. We've you know, we've made a we've given you a still picture and you're moving across the still picture. And it in the marketing, they pushed for it so hard saying, No, 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 no. We we have this whole like handcrafted world and it's going to it's gonna be so wonderful and beautiful. And then when you actually sit down and play Chronicles, you're like, you know, the artwork may be okay, but with this really janky ass sonic uh, Sonic low-poly model on it, not even a good-looking low-poly model running across it, it just doesn't look good anymore. It just can really I just say, doesn't. though, can I just say, though, the box art for this game is Oh, the phenomenal. box art is fantastic. It has we, such a unique about Chronicles? to it. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When I see that, I think, oh, man, we're in for something special here. And then you load up the game, it's like, oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the box art, then. <laughs> 
Uh, this is why when I had my like ideal Sonic game thing, I was like, you know what? I want another Sonic RPG, but I'd like it as a Paper Mario game. Please, not like Sonic, not like Baby's First Elite Beat Agents game, which is what Sonic Chronicles was. Um, I mean, also like having to control Sonic with the touch screen on the Overworlds as well. It's like, uh, let me use the yeah. D pad. Let me let me press jump to jump. You know, it was dude, like trying to move around a three D environment w with a D pad is the worst fucking Metroid other M. Yeah, I'm just gonna say there are so few DS games that really use that stylus in a way that I loved. Uh, <sighs> When I think of moving around with a stylus, the only game I can think of where I actively enjoyed that was probably the Ninja Gaiden game on the DS. I didn't mind uh, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. I thought they handled it pretty well. I Because those are top-down Zeldas, though, I still would have rathered playing those with the D-pad. That's fair. I, I, the option would have been nice. Yes, that's getting decently far off topic. But yeah, Chronicles, Chronicles you, is you a tangent. Serious? No, no, I'm dead. Why did everything break? Oh, oh man, sorry. You you kind of like uh yeah yeah zoned out there for a second. That was weird. I guess okay. So Discord is weird sometimes, and I am sorry. It's it's all good. We know you you personally program Discord. Yes, I am. I am actually the facilitator of all of your bad Discord bandwidth problems. It's all my fault, <laughs> actually. In in reality, you can blame me. And I mean, like, even if you don't believe me, blame me anyway. It's cathartic. But learning, learning new things about you, Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess we, if we, if we were to pull things back to the Sonic movie, now that we've gone on our on our our chronicle about Sonic Chronicles, which we'll get into again when we actually do our Sonic Chronicles episode on the show. Um, but going back to the movie. I'm curious what you guys think. So we know that Idris Elvis is, or Idris Elvis Knuckles, that's cool. We've already had our whole conversation about that. How do you think this is going to be portrayed here? Because on the one hand, they might go the route of just having Angel Island be a part of the, the world there and Knuckles is just there. Or they might actually explore that Echidna tribe that they showed in the first movie, and Knuckles is like sort of a harbinger or an ambassador for them, trying to like let everybody know, no, we're here to go, we're here to steal Sonic's rings or some shit. Like, how do you think they're going to go about it? I think they they led into it uh, pretty in a pretty simple way with uh, the ending of the first film, where we see. Um, I don't know why everybody thought that the area he was in was a reference to the Mushroom Kingdom. It's fucking Mushroom Hill. Uh, like, they're, they're gonna go with the, uh... It's with the, the Sonic gross version of Mushroom Hill. Yeah, and Mushroom Hill is, uh, the, the same place where we saw, um, we, uh, you know, where the, uh, where Knuckles actually keeps the Master, uh, Master Emerald. Um, and I think a point, actually. Hold up. Dr. Robotnik is working with Knuckles in this movie. That's confirmed. And Mushroom what if Hill Robotnik... is on Angel Island. What if Dr. Yeah, Robotnik... Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's a mushroom planet, though. That's one thing. So I don't think it's going to be like that. But Well, all he knows is that there's mushrooms there. Uh, Sonic never established that he has an entire understanding of that whole location. I like to think that while he thinks it's a mushroom planet, it's really just a particular area on Angel Island or... If we want to get really 
really crazy with it. What if Angel Island is something of like a hub to a bunch of different little dimensional rifts? And I've got it... no idea. I think Angel Island's going to be Hawaii because that's a shooting location. And we know that uh, Tom and Maddie are going to go on holiday, so that's probably going to factor into that. But hmm. I, I don't think they're going to go so far as Knuckles coming from Angel Island. I think they're just going to do like, you know, Knuckles is out and about, and that's Robotnik might have met him on the mushroom planet where he keeps the emeralds or whatever. But I mean, like that said, I think it's only suggested in the the the, uh, the synopsis that there's one Chaos Emerald, and they're using that for power. Um, and uh, I still think that they're they're actually leading into the the Chaos I think, arc. I think they'll lead into it, but I don't. I think for now it's just one. Um, yeah. But, like, we know that, um, yeah, I, I think it's basically going to be like, oh, yeah, Tom and Maddie will be on the computer, like, oh, we're, we're going to go to Angel Island on holiday. It's uh, near Hawaii and stuff, and they'll do that, and that'll be your reference. But Knuckles won't be connected to that. But I am surprised that they are going with Knuckles starting off as a bad guy, which I'm pleased about, because obviously it's more accurate. But like, So... Um, my my whole thing is that they've already established within the context of these movies that the horrible demonic anthropomorphic animal creatures that are Sonic Tails and the gang do not come from Earth. Uh, they they have exclusively existed outside of it and have been brought there through like supernatural means. So it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for me uh, to me to have that already established and to have seen the Echidna tribe in a place that already is not Earth. To have Knuckles just there on Earth because. Oh, no, I don't don't think he's from Earth by any stretch. I think, um, I think he'll be on the Mushroom Planet. I think, but like, I don't think he'll live there. I think he'll just be like visiting or something. But Hmm. like, uh, I think Angel Island will definitely be on Earth like they did with Green Hills. Like, how like Green Hills was a location on Earth. Yes. Like, there'll probably be, you know, the implied existence of the Angel Island we know from the games in some other world, but like, the one we see in the film will be like a Hawaiian one, like what they did with Green Hill. We do have a super chat, which is like literally on point with what we're talking about right now from Black Yakuza 94. What are your guys' respective expectations for the second film based on all the information we have right now? And so I guess it's a, if we're talking expectations and less like theories and what we want, um, my expectations are we're going to have the first five minutes of this film take place on the mushroom planet explaining how Dr. Robotnik gets off the planet and how Knuckles gets on planet. And then we're going to have the rest of the film take place on Earth. Uh, We know that there's going to be that vacation thing with Donut Lord and his wife, and they're going to be in Hawaii. And so we know that the majority of the film is probably going to take place there. So we're not going to have like the cityscape that we did uh, in the first film. And I'm actually kind of okay with that. Um. Past that, I'm I'm kind of expecting it to be more of not a fish out of water story for Knuckles, but more of a like an active antagonistic battle between characters in this one. Because the first the first movie was a road trip movie, right? Like the first movie was Euro Trip starring Sonic. Yeah. Um the second one seem because it seems to be taking place more on a centralized location, I expect there to be more conflicts. But with the setting I, I said I I mentioned that 
there's not going to be as much cityscape action. I realize now that one of the sets we actually saw the Sonic characters in during production was a ruined portion of a city. So never mind, I take that back. I think that at least the final showdown is going to take place in a city again, just like in the first film. It's uh, it's Green Hills where they were shooting that. Um, because so wasn't that like... their their house? It's going to be downtown Green Hills that gets destroyed. So I guess they come back from... I guess they're going to come back from uh, from vacation and Robotnik will have just, like, wrecked all of Green Hills. Well, I mean, you know that Sonic is not going with them on the vacation. It's already been confirmed in the plot synopsis that Sonic isn't with them on the vacation. Gotcha. How accurate do we know that plot synopsis is? I, I don't know, but, like, um... I, I can't remember exactly where it comes from, but basically, like, I I don't know. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, basically, I feel like that's that. important to establish. <laughs> let's look it up then. At the time, it was very pucker, so let's. Uh, well, of course it was. Everybody was excited, and they latch onto any bit of information and treat it like it's like you know gospel. And I'm just going to say this right came now, from, like a chip Paramount chap. press release Nick kind isn't of thing. dead. He's right here. He's been talking this whole time. And boy, has he been talking. Some of the things that you've said today, Nick. Good lord. Yeah. Getting a little bit... Probably gonna have to have the first ever uh, meeting about Nick. Alright, so it was a leaked copyright filing from Paramount Pictures. Okay. Okay, so... Do we know if that's true? Yes. Alright, so anyways. (laughs) um, Look, man, my allergies are acting up. I don't got time for this. But anyways, like, um... (laughs) I don't have time to be part of the podcast, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, um... The synopsis said that, like, uh... Sonic would be wanting a little more independence. So Tom and Maddie would go on holiday to Hawaii. And basically, uh, Sonic is back home. He makes a new friend with Tails. And obviously all hell breaks loose while Tom and Maddie aren't around. So Sonic has to kind of make his own decisions now, embraces his independence alongside Tails. And uh, Knuckles and Dr. Robotnik are working together with the power of the newfound Chaos Emerald. I have a theory. Oh, is it a game theory? I am gonna leave. No, um... (laughs) So I actually think that part of... Dr. Eggman's whole plot to get uh so personally I think that with the uh with the success of the first film I don't see any reason why Paramount wouldn't want to really capitalize on that and try to treat this like their new big franchise. I think they're going to go all out here. And I think that there's oh, enough material so. from the from the other games to to really start getting a, a whole lot more stuff rolling. I think they're going to kind of pull a Sonic X here. And I think that the way that Eggman gets back is that he doesn't just transport himself from another world over to Earth. I think he's bringing part of that other world with him. Oh, because Chaos Control is going to be the thing to bring him back. I, I think that might be part of it. I think they might tap into the idea that the Chaos Emerald has some form of teleportation capabilities. And that they might um, mess with that a little bit and uh, kind of establish that as the way that Eggman brings himself over, as well as Angel Island. I think he's going to bring Angel Island from, uh, you know, wherever it resides over to Earth. And then we're going to basically see this infiltration of this whole other planet or or even in uh, planets plural over into Earth, and that's how we start introducing other characters. Like, um, I don't know why the first character I thought of was Big the Cat, but Big the Cat! Or, uh, 
or Amy Rose or or other other characters like that. I think that's initially how they're going to try to get into it. I don't think they're going to get into that immediately. I think it's still going to be the main trio here for this they're, first. They're probably... uh... So you you bring when you're bringing up all the other characters, I have a, I have a question for you. Yes, very important. So at the end of the first Sonic movie, Tails was teased as the character in the next Sonic movie, right? Yes, like that was a, that was an end credit scene. It was great. Who do you think is going to be teased in this one? Because you know the you know they're going to hold on to Shadow for later. But then I also wouldn't be surprised if they're going out of order here a well, little maybe, bit. Maybe Metal Sonic, because uh, I'm going to say oh, this. If you're going to if you're going to so bring bad. in Amy, I you really think... should bring Metal Sonic in at the same time. I don't mm -hmm. think that they're going to do anything from the modern era. Like, I don't think they're going to do Shadow full stop. Oh, I think they'll do Shadow, but they're probably going to wait. Because, again, I honestly think they're introducing... They're going to try to introduce the concept of a Chaos Emerald in the second movie. And then there, there's going to be this oh shit moment somewhere in the film where Knuckles reveals to Sonic that he has shown Eggman um, at, you know where these things are and, and what they can do, and that there's not just one, there's seven of them. Technically eight if you want to count the Master Emerald. And then we're going to basically get up to fucking Sonic Infinity War, and there's going to be an entire movie that's all about uh, Dr. Eggman trying to collect the seven Chaos Emeralds and feed them to a gross, weird water monster known as Chaos. I honestly think, I, I, the more I think about it, I think just from a business standpoint, they could not resist doing the adventure story. That would, so, I agree, and I want that to be a thing, but here's what that's going to rely on. That's going to rely on the Sonic movies, movies, plural, not just the first one, movies, plural, right, right. making enough money to where they can look at this and go, this is a big franchise, let's throw everything at it. Because that is, especially with video game movies, that's such a hard thing to nail down generally. There's a part of me that honestly wants to believe that the first Sonic movie was a fluke just so that mm. my hopes don't get up for the second one. But at the same time, I what I want is basically what you are describing. Because let's be honest, the Sonic the the, the Sonic Adventure series, the, both of those games are very cinematic. Like if we're if we're talking about games with settings that could definitely be movies, Ad, uh, Adventure 1, 2, Unleashed and 06 all have that down pat easy yeah all of those stories could become movies very well because those narratives are told like movie narratives now if i if i got to have my way i would personally i hope they don't rush into the sonic adventure series i completely think they are going to do that i would like to see some sort of adaptation like pop you were saying metal sonic i really want to see some kind of adaptation of cd um because like the sonic ova alone makes me really want to see more of that material kind of like toyed around with and developed more i think you can do so much with it and metal sonic is such a great like uh counterpart to to, to sonic it would be so stupid not to try to take advantage of that on film see i like i just think that for the foreseeable future they're just gonna stick to classic sonic stuff because of the modern sonic stigma like and I don't think there should be a modern Sonic stigma, but I, I think there is one. And I think mm. they're going to avoid that stuff for now. Until, like, 
let's say this did explode into like a mega franchise, then I think they'd be like, okay, yeah, let's pick and draw from all kinds of different source material. But I think like for at least the first three movies, it's going to be just classic Sonic stuff. So Sonic 1 has just Sonic and Robotnik. Sonic 2 brings in Tails and Knuckles. And then Sonic 3 will be like Metal Sonic and Amy, maybe. But like... I, I, I think that's probably... That's probably where it's going to go right now. But after that, I don't see a reason why they couldn't go into the Adventure series. At, like, at 4th yeah. movie onward. They because could, they're... you got to think. Like, film studios will shit themselves at the sign of any kind of stigma. And well, Sonic has stigma. But Adventure I... does not have... Adventure-era Sonic does not have the stigma that modern Sonic does. Nor it's is hardly... it well known enough for them to bother with, though. I disagree. Wait, you think that because I is not known enough. It's a yeah, bit it's... more niche. It is niche. Like we're so, talking about I disagree. What? I disagree for one major reason. It is the most Marvel studio Sonic has ever been. It is, but I still think that like it's and not. I... It's still too niche. I don't think that the Adventure series is... If anything, modern Sonic is niche compared to the Adventure series in terms of... I would say, of talk, talk to a rando it. on the streets and ask them about Sonic. They'll say things like, Sonic 2. Like, look at the Sonic movie and all of its press release and stuff. People are banging on about Sonic 2, playing it on the Sega Genesis, playing it on the Sega Mega Drive. Well, yes, That's the most that's... well-known version of Sonic. That's... I would say that things like Sonic Colors are more well-known than the Adventure series. Really? And I'm saying this as someone who's a fan of the Adventure series. Like, well, yes, I am too. What I'm, what I'm saying is... I'm I speaking from like wrong. a business film production mindset here. I, I don't think it would test well. I think you're wrong on that. I, well, I would also argue that even a lot of people, the same people that like Sonic Adventure are going to be the same people that actually give a shit about Sonic the Hedgehog 3. People talk about Sonic 2 all the time, yes. Uh, working as uh, as somebody who, who runs a used game store, and I talk to people who grew up with the Genesis, people will talk about Sonic 2 and Sonic 1. The only people that I ever converse with that ever talk about, and I'm not talking about gaming fans, I'm talking about, you know, people that are like 10, uh, 10 years older than you and me, people that grew up with this stuff, um, we'll talk about Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and then immediately start talking about Sonic Adventure, because that is the same fucking thing to them. Okay, I'm just, I'm trying to speak from like, a business marketing perspective. As are uh, well, we. that's what I, that's what I'm talking that, about. Like... I'm saying you you just told me ask random people. I do on a daily basis. It's actually my job, and I talk to your random mom and pop that don't know how the industry works, who don't have all of this history behind it. They're not mega fans like you and me. They're just randies, and the only ones that care about Sonic the Hedgehog three are going to be the same ones I care about Sonic well, I'm, Adventure. I'm not, I'm not so much talking about like Sonic three here. I'm just saying Knuckles is a well known staple of the trilogy anyway. Like. Knuckles is well known, even if not for Sonic 3. Like, that's just, you know, a fact. I'm just saying, I think they're going to be pulling from the more well-known Sonic lore. And I think the second they introduce Shadow the Hedgehog, people will start saying, oh, is it that one that had a gun that time? Oh, yeah. I mean, they might they might do the that. The Sonic that fans is not... will be pleased, but the average Joes will be like, okay, this is Jump the Shark now. We got edgy Sonic. Like... And that's just how it's going to go because they don't understand it in the way that Sonic fans do. I they don't... really, di I, I, I really disagree there. So, like, I, I agree that there's a stigma on Shadow. There, ever since Shadow the Hedgehog, there's been a stigma on Shadow. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that point. But on the point of advent, on, on the point of adventure carrying the same stigma as 
modern era Sonic. I don't agree on the point of adventure era Sonic being less well known than modern era Sonic. I, I highly disagree. Like there's not only are those stories in those games crafted in such a way, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say this to shoot everything out of the dick, but we're just, we're conversation. No, but I'm, I'm going to just pause you right there. Most people so, that played those games did not give a shit about the story, nor did they remember it. I disagree on that one as well. Literally everybody I grew up with that liked Sonic Adventure 2 talked about the story extensively. I'm talking from a greater marketing perspective. Though. But these you movies, said literally everyone. These movies are made for children. These movies are made for children. I don't like, care. Even, I think that's the most. I think yeah. that's the most. They're doing what they can to market it to children. Children. Well, well so so was uh, so was Marvel, adventure. and look at how fast they decided to do Infinity War. Like, They've been building up to that since uh, since the first Avengers film. They knew what was going to market them, and that yes, was yes. And maybe yeah. there, there is a chance of that happening, but I think we're looking way too far ahead if we're talking about any of that being on the table just yet. Uh, not if we're talking about Paramount. Uh, they don't because they're. I don't expect Paramount to look at this logically. I expect them to look at this and be like, okay, this is our new Marvel-scale franchise. How do we match Marvel? Honestly, if... I'm saying this as someone that wants a Sonic Adventure movie adaptation we, we, more we than all, anything else. We all, like, we all know that. We, we all want I'm... that. But like, I, I, I think the chat's going to get me wrong, though. Because what, I'm what I'm... Well, well un like... understand that I'm, uh, I'm not saying all of this because I don't think... I, I still firmly believe there's a great possibility that they will not do this at all. I'm just saying that logically, I can definitely see it happening, and, and I think that there's enough in the, in the footprints here to, to kind of lead us to that end goal. All I'm all I'm saying is whether or not Paramount decides to adapt adventure or because because it because bear in mind, adapting adventure does not necessarily mean adapting that story. It just means taking the characters from that story and using them for their story like they did with the first Sonic movie, because the Sonic from the first Sonic movie is obviously not the same Sonic we are used to. The Robotnik from that movie is not the Robotnik that we're used to. So when I say adapting those stories, I don't mean taking those stories and adapting them wholesale and just making them in movie form, because I think that's the, the worst mistake they could do. Because mm. that's a thing, historically, when you do a video game movie and you try to adapt its story wholesale, even if you get it super accurate in every single way, it's it doesn't always translate one-to-one -one because you're not playing through that. That story might not hold up as well on its own. What I'm saying is, at the very least, the characters. Maybe not as much chaos, because chaos, I will argue, is less well-known than someone like Shadow. But a character like Shadow appearing in movie form from a business and marketing perspective prints money. Any stigma around that character is not going to cause people to automatically check out. It's going to generate conversation. It will literally be free voice of uh word of voice marketing i don't think that it's a misstep i don't think it's a mistake i don't think any stigma around the character creates a problem for the studio it this is all contingent on if the next two films do well if because we had the first film did amazingly well if the second film does amazingly well and the third film does as well and, and whatever the third film ends up being it will more than likely be a Metal Sonic type thing because after about two defeats, 
this Jim Carrey's Robotnik getting fed up and just going, fine, I'll just make a Sonic and it'll be better with Blackjack and hookers. Like, it, that's a. <laughs> I that's think another thing, thing that you might be getting wrong here is I don't think I'm I've not gotten trying anything to, wrong here. And, and I'm not trying to imply that Shadow isn't marketable. And I'm not trying to imply that the, invent, the adventure stories aren't marketable. I don't think Paramount as a film studio is going to believe it's marketable. Do I think it's marketable? Yeah. You push it as an all new Sonic story. It's absolutely marketable. But I don't think they see it as marketable. I don't think uh, we know what they see. We don't well, know. I think yeah. making any, going I think... by what average film studios are like, how much they omitted from that first Sonic movie, they didn't even let Tails be a regular part of the film. Well, we didn't even yeah. have Dr. Robotnik in his classic design for most of it. They rode mostly on the coattails of Jim Carrey. Sonic is... Well, he, he's like Sonic from the games, but he's kind of a very different spin on that character. Like, they do change things. And the fact is, the first time around, they didn't even think that Sonic as a character would be recognizable enough for people to give a shit about how they initially butchered his design. I do not yes. expect this... I didn't expect this studio to fix that design. And I didn't expect the studio to put out a film as good as the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. But... The point is, I don't see them, you know, having the balls to take on the adventure stuff. I totally would. If, if you put me in charge of Paramount Pictures, I would immediately say, get a Sonic Adventure 2 adaptation out there. I think it would but print money. The, the amount a... of toys you could sell based on I, that. I, I and a lot of people a... are saying things like, yeah, there's gun in the movie. There's all kinds of references, but they're just little references. The fact is, you could take gun and slap military on the side of it instead. It's just a quick little fan service in the background if we're talking characters like shadow they're gonna be at the forefront of the story shadow's not just gonna be out there in the background maybe maybe there'll be like a screen in one of the gun offices that says project shadow on it maybe but like the thing is a lot of the stuff that has been more referential to the sonic series has been entirely in the background i, th I think there's a point that needs to be considered though that it's, it's a point that i brought up before but the the your point, and I, I hear your point, about it's not what you would do, it's what you feel Paramount as a studio would do. My yeah. my two my two counters to that. One are obviously the, the point the point of non-knowledge. We do not know what Paramount as a studio will do because we are not in those offices. We don't that, know, but I'm just trying to think of in the but, headspace. I could be wrong. Yeah, I could but, be wrong, but this is what I realistically oh, I wanna, think. I want to. I want to stress. I'm not. I'm not trying to jump down your throat because uh, I. I just want to shit on all your ideas because I do understand. <laughs> I'm, uh, actually, I'm actually enjoying the the back and forth. Normally, we don't have the yeah. same kind of like more debatey atmosphere here. So, like, I'm actually perfectly yeah. comfortable. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I do. See, I'm not even just talking about Paramount here, like, in specific. I'm talking about any major film studios. If you look at any kind of adaptation, Marvel aside, because Marvel's quite a different matter. Marvel is quite even, experimental. Even, even and Marvel, it's an experiment that paid off. Even Marvel, they've omitted a lot of stuff about certain characters. Like, Tony Stark's yeah, I alcoholism mean, gets completely omitted from his story. I mean, it, it's touched upon in Iron Man 2, but, like, I get what you're saying. They didn't do devil in a bottle as such yes and um like for example thor's character is completely different to who he is in the comics like he's much more clowny in the movie he's much more play up for laughs look at the guardians of the galaxy for example you'd think they'd never touch the guardians of the galaxy they'd never do that they wouldn't be marketable but they did but it's because they made them marketable but the guardians of the a... galaxy of the mcu 
is very different to what then, the Guardians of the Galaxy were before the MCU. There was a there was a second half of my point that I was trying to get to earlier though. And the second half there was do remember that at, at least for me, I don't know if this is necessarily what Wayne's point has been, but I know my point has been them exploring an adventure style story is contingent on having two more very financially successful movies. This yeah. one that's no, coming I, up right I agree now, with that. As, because, as I've said, I don't think it will be until after three that we get anything modern Sonic related. Yeah, because what's gonna because what's gonna happen to me, or, or what, what would what would happen for me where I in the studio shoes is I would say, hey, there's this we, we can craft our own stories that you know, use the characters of the series and they can do things very loosely. But when it comes to like Shadow's story, a lot of that stuff you kind of have to pull over like you've got they've obviously they're obviously introducing gun at least in some way in the second movie they're gonna have to keep that as part of his story they're gonna have to keep some stuff about the space colony arc there's there's a lot of like mechanisms to shadow story that you kind of have to keep for him to stay shadow so i can see from a company perspective they would go we're not going to touch this kind of story this realm unless we are guaranteed our dollar because they're not they're I not going to do an experiment they're going to look I, at it and... yeah i don't also, know I'm... um if they hmm? were to do shadow as well i think it would be good for merch sales which is why i think it would be another thing that paramount would factor in which is why i don't rule it out yeah they would sell so many shadow toys so many but like you know like it's one of those things where there's indications it could as people have said gun is seen and that's a reference that no one was really expecting after the first movie especially again, not this early again gun could just be interchangeable with the military it could just be a background detail like sonic's little it... bandana and stuff but with the same we don't we don't know how gun is going to be portrayed no we they don't might we not... don't we don't know if it's just going to be a surface level thing or if it's going to be like it something means... that they push in as Game Apologist says, hi, the, hi, by the way, Nick. Um, He's been talking this whole episode. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know, I know. But as he just said uh, just a second ago, he's been asleep for a bit. Uh, as he just said a second ago, um, you know, it means that they are paying some attention to game lore that's outside of the classic series. Which is, which is, you know, that's... It shows that there's an attention there. But Gun, compare Gun to the actual story of Sonic Adventure 2. Putting Gun in the movie... And having the story of Sonic Adventure 2, or giant hell beasts that Dr. Robotnik is controlling, or Shadow the Hedgehog, they're two very different things. Yeah. They're two incredibly different things. I'm just going to say this. I think Shadow would be good for merchandise sales. I don't think they would go the whole hog with his story by any stretch. I don't think they'd do the, Rebe the Maria Robotnik stuff. As a yeah. matter of fact, uh. I think that's pretty much ruled out by Dr. Robotnik's explanation of being adopted earlier on in the first one. You could probably do some mental gymnastics to get it over to that point. But I think they are simplifying and reworking these characters for a general audience. And I don't see them going the whole hog with the adventure stuff. Because generally, people that love the adventure games from childhood look back on the adventure games with a lot of fondness. A lot of people laugh at those cutscenes today. A lot of people do those quotes very ironically. And unless they want to capitalize on that ironic factor, I don't think yeah. it's going to work. Even just like the fact that Sega themselves have shied away from putting Sonic's friends in proactive roles in the games now. Now they're I all don't... very much side. They're, they're, they're the Goku cheer squad. Yeah, point. exactly. If Sega are too chicken shit to use them, I can't see a giant film studio that's all about making these things as marketable as possible 
doing it either, unless they were to tap into their toyetic. You could sell toys of all the Sonic characters. People are more likely going to want, like, a Vet to the Crocodile action figure than a Tom Wachowski action figure. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's, that's fair. When it comes... I, I, guess, I guess my main point is, in, in the world where we do have, at the very least, a trilogy of game or not games <laughs> a trilogy of movies that are all very profitable at that point paramount would say okay we can afford to explore some of these stories but again i also reiterate my original point i do not think that when they explore these stories they're going to explore them in the adventure fashion i think what they're going to do is they're going to take the characters and superimpose them on their current world with you know, with some stuff obviously is is gonna have to be kept. Like I said, space colony arc, yada yada yada. Some of that stuff is kind of integral to the original, like story of some of those characters. But for the most part, I think Paramount will just take the characters and adapt them into their own story. So the the Paramount version of an adventure story is going to be just a story with Tom Wachowski and Sonic and Co. that involves. Uh, Eggman summoning or involves Robotnik summoning chaos, uh, but it's not going to necessarily have all of the stuff. Like, I don't think we'd get Gamma's story, for instance, as much as I would yeah, like no, that. There's uh, no gonna be that's Gamma. the only thing I want, and we will never get it. Like, I don't, I really don't see us getting Gamma's story because when it comes to when it when it comes to that type of movie production, they're going to have it as a as a quick focused. Here's that. Here's Robotnik. He's got the villain of the week, and Sonic has to deal with it with his friends. And oh, this might be the first time that we get Super Sonic because if we have one Chaos Emerald in the first movie and seven Chaos Emeralds in the in the third movie, we might not even see Super Sonic until the fourth one. If yeah, like I I think the thing is going from Sonic one to what we know about Sonic two, it does seem that they've gained a bit more confidence in the Sonicy stuff itself. Yeah. So I don't rule anything out. I mean, I guess things I would rule out would be things like Mephilus the Dark. That's they're, never going to happen. They're not going to do Mephilus. They're, they're not going to do the Rouge. Not... Rouge is never going to appear. Neither is Gamma. Like they're not going to not... do. Uh, they're probably not going to Ma- do Maria. Maria honestly. Robotnik not going to happen. They're not going to um, do the whole like AIDS storyline. And her. a lot of people, a lot of people are saying like, you know, what would they adapt then for the next movies? If they're not doing the class, if you know, if the classics are done, like they don't have so to adapt for, anything at that. For point. example, as as certified nobody says, uh, pup, what are they going to do for a third movie without any modern or adventure influence? They probably won't just adapt the games. It will probably be next one will be like Sonic and his friends in space. Uh, Sonic and his friends go to Tehran. Yeah, Sonic gonna, and his friends. Do their, they're going to do what Paramount's done with the first movie. They're going to have the Sonic characters superimposed into. A story like they're gonna have yeah. a paramount it... picture story with the sonic characters as the the moving parts in that story and because i think that's one of the reasons why the sonic movie worked the way it did is it was a it was a standard run of the mill uh like like again it was it was sonic does hero trip with a with a boss fight at the end like that's what it was and it worked and the next one i think is going to be like sonic equivalent to home alone except now sonic's got buddies with him and stuff like it's the usual thing of the parents go away, the kids left home, all hell breaks loose. Can and they do the Home Alone to... in the Olive Garden? And the kid has to solve it all before <laughs> the parents get home. So basically, Sonic is probably going to have to really clean up after Green Hill before Tom Wachowski and Maddie Wachowski get home. And that's probably going to be the prime focus. The Knuckles stuff, the Chaos Emerald, Dr. Robotnik is probably all going to take a backseat to 
Sonic and Tails do Home Alone. And then the third one will be another basic motion picture blueprint with Sonic and his friends put into it. And I, I get a lot of people are saying the anime did this, the comics did this. Those are far more niche and far less focus-driven mediums than yeah, motion pictures. Because the, cause I when, do... it, when it comes to a motion sorry, one thing, Wayne, and then we'll, I'll yeah. let you go, sorry. Um, but when it comes to a movie, a movie is a very different medium than an anime or a comic book because a movie has to tell one story and it can be an A-B story, but usually unfocusing your film more than that is detrimental. Whereas in a, in a series, you can dedicate just an episode of a series to a D or a, or a C story with no problems whatsoever. With a film, the more and more you do that, the less tight your narrative gets. Yeah, like, and also let me just say, like, guys, I love the Space Colony arc stuff. Sonic Adventure 2 is my favorite Sonic game. I just, I'm not expecting them to ever do that. And I think if you are expecting them to do that, don't, because you're setting yourself up for disappointment. I can't imagine they're going to do that. I think what they're going to do is have a series of films that use basic film blueprints and put Sonic and his friends in that. Like they've done with Sonic 1, like what it sounds like for Sonic 2. I think that's all it's going to be. And if they are ever going to do the Space Colony arc and stuff like that, it probably won't connect to Sonic Adventure 2 in that way. It'll probably just be a reference. And then, Wayne, you had a thing you wanted to say. I will say one thing that does kind of worry me about about this franchise. I do not think the series will survive if they go too small scale for too long. They'll adapt. They'll, they'll figure something. Maybe will they? they? Will. Either that or the franchise will crash and burn because people stop giving a shit. You know what I think? Realistically, I think it's going to end at three. A lot of people are probably hoping for this to be the next MCU. I don't think it will be. Uh, that's I really what I think, though, is that I don't think Paramount wants to stop at three. They want to keep printing that. For, for now, this... I reckon what's going to happen is you're going to get three movies and then some straight-to-DVD animated films. Yeah. But I... uh, that this is also the same studio that did the Transformers franchise. True, yeah. true. But you, you can't know. I would still say that Transformers is still a bit more tried and tested as far as multimedia goes than Sonic. That <laughs> actually is true. Even Yeah, it is it is true, but it's also too soon to say how the live action films will adapt. Again, I don't see them wanting to to keep it too small scale for too long. As soon as they see that they have anything there, they're going to capitalize it. If anything, I think they'll go too big too quick. I could I could see them doing that just having like a uh, like a, a singularity problem where like no movie can be as big as the one that they just did, so nobody cares anymore. As opposed to, as opposed to them just never ramping up to something large enough. It right now, it seems like at least with the second movie, it seems like they're comfortable just having a city scale catastrophe, like that because that seems to be what's happening in Green Hills, a city a city scale catastrophe, which is what would have happened in the first movie had it not been centralized around just a one-on-one -on -one conflict with yeah. uh, with Sonic and Robotnik this time it's Robotnik just saying nah fuck the military fuck everything i'm just going to blow i'm going to blow everything up everyone dies nobody nobody cares anymore like i don't want to go back to the mushroom planet fuck you that seems to it be what he's doing this time around in a in a cynical viewpoint i still i still feel like paramount as a studio is just going to take a look at the franchise and they're going to start pulling books and saying like what what exists where and then they're going to look at the chaos emeralds and just see seven infinity stones and run with it 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it depends if they get that far. You want to know what if... I think is going to happen? And this well, doesn't even have to be a bad thing. Yeah, I think I... you're going to get three live-action movies, and then you're going to get straight-to-DVD animated oh, movies, but they will no, pull no. more. They will pull more from the greater lore. And I, I don't understand why I'm saying no-no to that. When they first announced a live-action Sonic movie, everyone was saying, no, it should just be all animated. They'll do that on the straight-to-DVD movies. Well, and... I, you say that, but what quality of animation are we talking here? Is it going to be like DreamWorks know. quality, or are we Sonic talking Prime. that... <laughs> or, or I'm thinking of like whatever style they're going with for that like Sonic Colors cartoon. That uh... I wouldn't mind that. I I genuinely wouldn't. If the story's good, I wouldn't mind it. Like, let's say, how would you feel if they basically they did Sonic One, Two, and Three, and they're playing it safe, little blockbusters, and then they do the straight to DVD movies with a similar sort of animation style to, I guess, like the Team Sonic Racing Overdrive or something, and they quite faithfully do adapt like the Sonic Adventure games and stuff like that, but they're just straight to DVD releases. I don't see I, why anyone should complain. You've I, got your big screen Sonic, and, and then you've got your adaptations. As long it? as it's a good animation style, I'm all for that, because I would still kind of prefer it go animated, because I think the live action um, the live action setting limits the material it by does. a lot. It really, it really does. Like, And I just, I think that would be quite a smart way to take it. But, of course, if the sequels are successful, then I'm sure they will continue it, and they will keep going, and they will, you know, draw a little more inspiration from the games and stuff. But, again, I'm also not saying Paramount would drop Sonic. I'm saying Paramount would yeah. use the film straight to DVD. That is a thing I... that does happen often. Now, one thing I did think about, and this is probably worth considering, we don't... Uh... If Paramount is using the license for Sonic the Hedgehog, yes. We don't know how much leeway they have over that. Like I mean, what, just... what the Sega mandates might be here. Apparently exactly. Sega have given them more leeway. Someone in the chat said that Sega have given them a bit more leeway for the second one. That, that's more? But we still don't know like to what degree. I mean, um, I still feel like there's going to be certain limitations and certain things that they can and can't do and certain uh, certain like ideas and concepts that they I mean, for all we know, uh, talking about all the Sonic Adventures stuff, they might not even have the ability to use any of those concepts at all. Uh, we we simply have uh, as none of us in here, probably in the chat either are not affiliated with uh, Paramount Pictures, and we don't know uh, the this team or what they're working with. Um, and I'm always skeptical about little statements about, like, you know, uh, here's what they do and don't have access to, because, again, we don't know. Uh, rumors and, and false information spread around the Internet constantly on a daily basis. I know that surprises a lot of you. We just have no idea. And so it's, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's hard to say what, what they can and can't do at this point. There is a thing that I, I I so Wayne you mentioned before um wanting this to be like another another MCU type thing. There is a problem with that. I and... I, I yeah, I kind of want it and I kind of don't. Well, there's a, I'm so... also going to say this. I think Sonic's bubble will burst. I'm saying this as someone that would love to have a Sonic movie every couple of years. I'm saying this as someone that would love for them to go on and do all this different stuff. But I think the Sonic movie bubble will burst. A lot no, I agree. First, it... A lot of that first movie came down to how much better it was than everybody expected. I don't think the second movie will do as well. I'm not saying it won't. I'm yeah. just saying my estimate right now, that I hope to get proven wrong here, is that the second film will do well, but not as well as the first. 
and then by the time the third movie comes out it will start to teeter out a little bit maybe they'll do a fourth maybe they won't but for most franchises outside of the mcu you can't really bank on much more than three movies there's because there's also... no matter no matter the quality people just get bored of it like look at the actual sonic games as well like sonic 1 sold like hotcakes sonic 2 sold even better sonic 3 eh, it didn't sell that well you know and it was no worse than the others it was actually better i would say but just you know it's just how audiences are fickle and the fans will rock up but the fans aren't enough to sustain it you need everyone mm-hmm. uh hold on one sec you said sonic 3 didn't sell too well it sold okay but definitely not as well as the other two as far as i know anyway uh, well sonic... the, i mean remember sonic uh, the reason everybody loves sonic 2 so damn much is because it was literally packaged with their sega genesis and, systems and sonic 3 sold one point one point uh one point oh two million copies which for a genesis era game getting over a million copies is fucking astronomical okay but it didn't sell as much as the other two though did it? those games that doesn't count though for those games because they also had pack-ins which fa- which factor into their sales it's it, like right, comparing okay. a yeah. game to, it's like comparing a game to wii sports okay in terms fair of enough sales. Yeah, okay, um, you got me there. Yeah, but what I was what I was trying to say with the MCU thing before, there's one major issue where, as as much as I would like to see an an MCU type thing with the the Sonic or the Sonic series going forward, there's a problem with it, and it's a problem that you don't have. Again, you don't have this problem in comics media as much. You don't have this problem in uh, in episodic media as much, but we do encounter this problem very very strongly. Uh, in in this particular media of movies, it's very hard to have a Sonic movie without Sonic right now. Whereas in the MCU, that's an entire universe. You can have an Ant Man movie that doesn't have Iron Man, despite Iron Man. That's being... another thing I was going to mention. Like, yeah, the MCU draws from a universe of characters. If we were to say it's the Super Smash Brothers universe. Sure, but and, and, I, and again, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> like in a in in a comic setting, this isn't a problem at all because in a comic setting and even in in a in a series setting, um, this problem is alleviated by the fact that you can just go. This is the vector the crocodile episode. This is the episode where we talk about uh, Team Chaotix, and we're exclusively dealing with Team Chaotix. You can have those asides in those mediums way easier than saying this is the Team Chaotix movie. As much as I think a Team Chaotix movie in the in the form of like a uh, in the like veneer of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie would be would be perfect. So that would great. be so wonderful. But the problem is is that because the Sonic series is so centralized on Sonic as a character, you can't do what the Marvel Universe did where they said, "Yeah, we may have started off with Iron Man as our pilot, but we can keep on going with or without him as a character mm. for as long as we want, so long as we've got other good characters to build off of." Now, could could there be a point where the Sonic series does that? It, easy. We could let's let's say that a Team Chaotix movie comes out, and let's say that it does what the Guardians of the Galaxy movie did, where like 
nobody expected it to do well, and then suddenly everybody's like, oh my god, this is amazing. That can be our catalyst to having a Sonic universe that mirrors the MCU, where you can have different production studios taking on different characters, and then bringing them together for Adventure One-style events. Like, okay, we have our we have our Team Chaotix thing where they're dealing with this caper in this case, and it's a super important thing, but it's not as important as dealing with Dark Gaia, but that's going to be our event to bring everybody together. You can do stuff like that once you've established those other characters as marketable lightning rods for their own franchises. Right now, that isn't the case. Would I want it to be the case? Yes. Can it be the case in comics and other media? Absolutely. For a movie, I want that to work. I don't see it working yet because and, those and other that... characters don't have the same power that Sonic does marketing-wise. And and that's where I think you were making some some really good points, Pup, is that, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like Paramount's going to have to make money off this stuff. And, uh, God, you know what I want? I want to see, not in spite of how terrible it would be, but because of how terrible it would be, I would love a, a film adaptation of the so of Shadow of the Hedgehog. Um, yeah, it would well, that, be quite would fun be... if you had one, like... From like I don't know Tim Miller or something. Oh God, it would be so amazing! I uh, like go all out, make it a PG thirteen movie. Uh, just like <laughs> I mean, like Tim Miller's already involved in like the Sonic movie and stuff, so like he'd be a great director for a Shadow movie. Let Shadow say shit. Um, <laughs> no, actually, no. If it's a PG thirteen movie, he's allowed get one, one fuck bomb. <laughs> he's allowed one, one fuck bomb. So basically, in theory. They can they can do all this stuff. I, I think they could do like a Deadpool-esque shadow movie that goes out of its way to be dark to like a comedic extent. And it would be a hugely popular movie. A lot of adults and teens would love the shit out of it. But I think that any film studio is going to be a little bit afraid to go there. And it would take good marketing, really good marketing, to target it to the correct audience. But yep. like I, I think there's a there's quite an audience that would be like, here's a Sonic the Hedgehog character, but he's so edgy to the point of parody. People would love it. But like again, like I think as you say, like a Guardians of the Galaxy style Chaotix movie again could work. They just need to know how to market it, but I don't think that studios are going to have that much faith I, in it. I don't think that yeah. the franchise is positioned in such a way right now where it can. I know the point earlier was brought up about how Shadow the Hedgehog sold well. Do remember, though, that there is a marked difference right now between the position of the franchise, how it is at the moment, versus the position of the franchise, how it was at the time where Shadow the Hedgehog was released as a game. There were a couple factors that went into that game selling well. One, Shadow was a new character that everybody wanted to know more about, and the adventure story and the hero story led people to wanting to know more about that character, period. Two, yeah. Sonic had just gone cross-platform. Shadow the Hedgehog was the second cross-platform Sonic series game of all time for people who first got introduced like for people who were PlayStation babies who first got introduced to the Sonic series because of heroes on their PS2 shadow the hedgehog was their sequel as, as, as sad as that is <laughs> oh, shadow shadow the hedgehog was their sequel. So like the franchise was positioned not only in terms of shadows popularity at the time, but also just, between the way the consoles functioned at that time very differently than how things are right now right now with the with the right marketing you could push 
you could theoretically push any movie to a bunch of people. The and... thing is also, I think these are also more realistically as straight to DVD or straight to streaming animated movies because making a cinematic theatrical release in live action and stuff is a huge financial risk. Huge. I don't think they're going to take that risk, but I think if it's going to happen at all, it will be on a straight to streaming, straight to DVD animated movie. Yeah, and I, and and if if yeah. we get it, if we get also there, there's another point there is that the Sh the Shadow of the Hedgehog game was seen as a spinoff game. Like everybody, everybody knew that was a spinoff game around the same time we got Rush and O Six literally, literally the year after. Like there was barely any time between the release of Shadow and the release of 06. This was seen as something in between by a lot of people who were fans of the series. This was seen as a spinoff. So if we get something with the chaos, if we get something with Shadow, I think Pup's right. This is going to... If we get something with them specifically, it's going to be a spinoff thing, and it's going to be a spinoff thing released to streaming services. And you know what? It might be better than anything we get in cinema, Sonic-wise, uh, Sonic because of the freedoms you get when you do yeah. something like that. It is it is interesting. I think of uh, the potential of like animated Sonic movies and it just occurred to me I completely forgot that we're getting um a Mario animated film. I heard and about I have, that. I have so much more faith in anything coming out of a Sonic movie than I do out of the Mario film and that feels so strange to me. Are you well... saying you don't want a return of the monkey? No, it's worth noting, though, like, for starters, will... Mario is coming out of Illumination Entertainment. So Which is you know part what? of the reason I have no faith in it. Yeah, exactly. I think Illumination movies suck. However, yeah. they're appropriate for their target audience. So they're recommendable uh, for fuck the babies their that target they audience. Their target and audience deserves Wayne... better. <laughs> their Basically... target audience deserves better. It's not an excuse. Yeah, but they're gonna like it. So, like... Let them have what they enjoy. But anyways... Um, Toads are going to be the new minions. Deal the, with the, it. Mo the movie's going to be <clears throat> absolutely mediocre at best because they never aim for anything more than a 5 out of 10 over Illumination. But also, it's going to sell so much better than the Sonic movie because yep. Illumination Entertainment movies fucking sell, like them or not. Those yep. movies are massive hits. Um, and uh, the thing is, that's not even going to be a straight up translation of the Mario games because we know that I think Spike Foreman is going to be in it, who was like very much a part of the very old era of Mario. So that's that's quite a change. I want there to in it, so the Illumination Mario. I will say this: I want there to be at least a couple references to the old, really terrible Mario movie, just in just in the background, like just a random picture of one of those giant trench coat Goombas. Something like that, I would I would be perfectly okay with. <laughs> Just the my thing with like Nintendo franchises. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, but I'm just kind of thinking of all this like multimedia stuff. When I think of like uh, Nintendo properties br uh, branching out into stuff, I used to think I really wanted like a Legend of Zelda series. And the more I think about it, I don't know if that'd be a great idea. Excuse um, me, Wayne. Hey, I legitimately actually kind of love that stupid cartoon. Um, but it's just like, I think a part of the success of the Zelda franchise is almost how unmarried it is to the idea of establishing a continuity. It's so fucking scared of committing to a, to a, to a plot 
And you can see that with Breath of the Wild, where it's it's trying to uh, continue its continuity, but it's so fucking scared of it that it has to combine three different timelines and converge them back into one, despite the fact that makes zero sense. It just kind of goes with whatever is safe and marketable and, and what people will recognize and just kind of throws it out the wall. Oh, you want Koroks? Uh, in here, in the the same uh the same like continuity as like uh the castle from Twilight Princess, sure, it's all still here. Go for it. Uh, it it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. The, the fact the that only... we had the fact that we had Ruto and uh and Zora in the same universe, despite I... the lore from Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And it also. I, I think at this point, the only Nintendo franchise I actually want, like, a movie or series from is Metroid, because I think it's There's the only a, one that would actually work. There's an interesting conversation going on here between uh, Toad Poo and Jinx Production. Uh, Toad Poo says they just need a Kevin Feig type to Kevin oversee Feige. it. I nominate Ooh. Ian Flynn, and then, Junk, uh, and then Jinx Production says, yes, make Ian Flynn the overseer of the Sonic film series. Not a horrible idea on paper, but Warner Brothers actually did a very similar thing when they basically wanted to get their own Kevin Figgy kind of character. And they were like, okay, we'll get Jeff Johns in from the comic books. He knows these characters and everything like that. So get him in to be our overseer of DC films. And uh, it went down like a cup of cold shit because, um, you know, the guy doesn't have a knowledge of management of film. Film yeah. management and comic management are two incredibly different things. In comics, and... if you want to do something wacky, you just put the pen to paper. In film, you want to do something wacky, you have to consult an entire animation department. I wouldn't rule out that he should have a seat at the table, but I wouldn't make him. I wouldn't put him in that kind of position of power because you do need film professionals working on films, not comic professionals, because it's a completely different management process. And a big problem with the DC films when Jeff Johns was around was total mismanagement. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, yeah. I think it comes down like you don't want Ian Flynn as a manager of the project. You want Ian Flynn as part of your creative team. You want him. Yeah, to, you yeah want, absolutely. You, you want him in the spot he's going to shine, which is he's going to be there for storyboarding. He's going to be there for uh, creative direction for for the characters. Like those are the places Ian Flynn shines in. Having him as the manager of a project that is outside of his scope. I agree, Pop. Like you don't, you don't want to have him doing that. You want to, you like Ian Flynn because you like the way he handles the characters and lore. So put him in a position where he does exclusively that. Yeah, absolutely, I, absolutely. It, it, it's it's interesting because it's like uh, I see a lot of people a lot of times. It, it's kind of like. Uh, you know how when you look at those like fan cast charts where people are just like, hey, I like this person and they kind of look like this character. So let me make my dream fan uh, like uh, casting list of who I want to play as this character and that character. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all great on paper. Uh, it, it's like I saw something the other day where they were just like, um, uh, oh, man, I loved James Gunn's suicide, uh, the Suicide Squad. I did, too. I want to see him make more movies. I do, too. Let him direct uh, Gotham City Sirens. Uh, it, probably not the best idea. <laughs> I, I don't see... It, it's like, just because I love a uh, somebody who helmed a certain property 
or, or, or a particular idea doesn't mean that they're going to be applicable to everything that I want to see adapted. It doesn't mean that they're a fit for everything. It's like I've said. My dream Sonic movie is an adaptation of Sonic Adventure 2 directed by Zack Snyder. Never going to happen. It would be completely unmarketable. But, yeah. like, I would love the shit out of it. I, Although, I will say, Zack Snyder's probably a better fit for a Sonic 06 adaptation because it's a bit more mythical. Like... I, I, I don't agree with you on a lot of Zack Snyder shit. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Get Zack Snyder in the director's chair for a Sonic 06 movie. Yes. Let him go balls like, to dude, the walls. Go watch nuts. my concept trailer. You need to watch my Zack Snyder Sonic 06 concept trailer because it absolutely proves that it would work. It would be amazing. Can I say, you're, you're mentioning the casting thing. Do you know who's in my brain is like a good cast for Shadow? Hey. Especially if you want to have a really hammy Shadow the Hedgehog, get Willem Ben Defoe. Affleck. Get oh my god. Get Willem yes, Dafoe as a shadow. <laughs> Willem Dafoe's shadow. Okay, okay. Dude. Can I can I throw this out there? I, yes. There's one character I would rather Willem Dafoe play. Okay, who? Memphis Ted I mean <clears throat> Mephistopheles. <laughs> you, no, right. you want, you you want Mephilus right? the Dark Mephilus, done by Willem Dafoe? Let me, me Mephilus the Dark as Willem no, Dafoe. No, yes. no, no. Mark Hamill as Mephilus. Yes. And Willem Dafoe uh, as Shadow. Uh, um, yep. And y y uh, shall we say uh, John Goodman as Dr. Robotnik? Oh my god, John Goodman as Robotnik? You know, I, I, I kind of would love to still see like Mike Pollock in that role and give him some more serious stuff to do. But yeah, at the same time, at the Although, same if, time, John Goodman. If you were to ask me who I would have cast as um, Dr. Robotnik in like my ideal Sonic movie, it would be Wayne Knight. Can I wait? Can I just say something? Mike Pollock or Mike Pollock, he is a little rotund. He could actually fit an Eggman role really easy just by shaving his hair and putting him in a good cosplay. <laughs> just have him go completely fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. I although Wayne Knight would be kind of fun. <laughs> like if we're talking about like I, perfect cast for Sonic movies. Yeah. Uh. This has been fun. I'm enjoying this. This is just like I tell you what. Also, man. if they'd made like a Sonic movie in the '90s, uh, I totally would have cast uh, Michael J. Fox as Sonic. I forgot. I can absolutely say that. Yeah, Michael J. Fox as Sonic, Wayne Knight as Doctor Robotnik. That would work. Like, that would be incredible. Yeah. No, I can see that. Michael have, J. Fox. I have forgotten what stuff Michael J. Fox was famous for, so I... Back I to the future! Back to the future, okay. Stuart Little. Uh, he okay, was the voice okay, Stuart. actually, bear with me for a second. Marty... Uh, our, uh, Michael J. Fox is Sonic. And fucking... Um, God damn it, why can't I remember his name? Why can't I remember his, his name right now? Men never Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd is Dr. Robert. Botnik. Now that's some fanboy casting right there. You no, see Sonic. <laughs> no, no, no. Sonic Adventure 2, the movie. Michael J. Fox as Sonic. Uh, Christopher Lloyd as Gerald Robotnik. Oh. And Ooh. Wayne Knight as Dr. Robotnik. Um, fucking uh, Just Willem imagine as Shadow. Christopher Lloyd voicing the fucking, uh, the, the farewell, like the farewell diary from Gerald Robotnik. Oh, and amazing. You know who should play Amy? Melissa Roush from The Big Bang Theory. 
I've I've I seen you... like maybe one episode okay, of Big Bang uh, well, Theory, she's... and I couldn't I couldn't put myself through more. Uh, her of that, character so in that has a very it. mousy sort of voice. You know, she puts on this very high pitched voice, and it, it works really well. So Melissa Rauch is Amy. Um, fucking. Uh... Someone said Margot. Toad Poo said Margot Robbie is Amy, but I'm gonna say more Margot Robbie is maybe Rouge. Um... When this space know. colony arc reaches 88 miles per hour, the Earth is going to experience some serious shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't see Margot Robbie as um as Rouge. I mean, uh... just for voice sake here, we're talking, okay. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm talking about. I, okay, I don't okay. see that voice. Um, I'm I trying was to think of an actress that like, I can yeah. clout there. I, I don't really... I was uh, Anyway, uh, Bill Murray as a chow, Noah Corner says. Oh my god. Yeah, Bill Murray as a chow. I'm into it. Bill Murray as a chow. <laughs> um, they could just have like Bill Murray as Oma Chow. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. Ryan Reynolds as Oma Chow. Actually, yeah, I could, I'll I could do I'd that. I'd be into that. <laughs> Who's Tails, though? You, you need, like, a, a young actor for Tails. Uh, who? You know what? Can we go, like, do something terrible? Who was the actor behind Anakin in the first movie? Jake no, Lloyd. He, he hates, oh, no, but oh, oh, he hates that. It? Oh, there's a tragic story behind Jake Lloyd. You know you know that oh, story? Yeah. Yeah. yeah God. Like, uh, I would probably say... Uh, okay, if this was a 90s movie... Maybe like Jonathan Lipnicki, or whoever played Malcolm in the Middle, or Dewey. Just literally any kid actor at the time. Norman Reedus is SBO. I like that choice. Just Norman SBO is not in Sonic Adventure Two. Fucking idiot. Just we can we can have we think, Zerus, think. Just I know get... everything you're going to do. Think, Metal. Think. Just get Frankie Muniz to play Tails. There it is, Frankie Muniz. There it is, Frankie Muniz <laughs> as Tails. Uh, Knuckles. Uh, who's gonna play Knuckles? Elijah Wood. No, no, I want a black <laughs> actor for Knuckles. Okay. Um. <laughs> Will Smith. Will Smith is Knuckles. Will Smith. Is I Knuckles. was. I was thinking Will Smith or um. Uh, shoot. You ever seen Osmosis Jones? Yes. Who's calling me? Uh, who's the who's the who's the lead actor from from that? Not Bill uh, Murray. Uh, no, the lead animated. Chris. Uh, Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Yeah. Chris Rock as Knuckles would be the most '90s <laughs> thing imaginable. <laughs> that would be so. His voice for Knuckles would just any any amount of serious veneer that I'm supposed to get from Knuckles's character is just gone the minute he hey, opens his mouth. Also, of course, you want to learn how to hate Knuckles? Here's how. And of course, <laughs> Everybody Andy hates Circus. Knuckles. Andy Circus doing the mocap for the Bio Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> he would eat up. Every second, him or like oh, Benedict would. Cumberbatch. Like I don't know if you've ever seen Benedict Cumberbatch when he was like doing mocap oh, for he Smaug. Would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Bioliz is not quite on the level of Smug, but like, yeah, no, like, hey, make him on the level of Smug. For the love of God, make the Biolizard actually like memorable or interesting. Okay. For anything other than having a space colony shoved up his rectum. He's just a giant fat. Bates lizard that I don't care about. The only cool thing about him is the boss song when Shadow's fighting him. Who's the president? Also Bill Murray? Barack Obama. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Barack Obama. Just get Barack Obama. Literally get Barack Obama you mean to be the Chaos you? Emeralds. Oh, you mean the Chaos Emeralds? Cream the Rabbit is an Sonic right Adventure 2 Toad Poo Think! Toad Poo Think! But Cream is in <laughs> Sonic Adventure 1. <laughs> Off in the background. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Trey Nobles is here. Our, our boy, my, my beautiful husband, says, Hey, beautiful people, I just wanted to throw money yours way. Rest in peace, Nick. Thank you, Trey. Nick's Have we missed dead. any other Super Chats, by the way? Nick's not dead. He's been here the we've, whole time. We've got $15 from Akashodin. We know that. Um, oh, we did other? miss two Super Chats, didn't we? Oh, shit. Sirius, find them. Find the two Super Chats, Find, find the two Super Chats, Sirius. I'm trying to find them. So there is the one from Akashodin. Uh, there is no context there. I do not see... I cannot scroll up to see another one. Let me see if I can. Nope, I can't even find it on a on. I cannot see it. Perhaps and it's not even um, showing in viewer activity either. Perhaps I can scroll back through the actual live stream and find it. I just tried that. Okay, tried anyone scroll... anyone that sent those super chats, please just repeat your question here, and we'll be on the lookout. Just like put in caps. This was a super chat. We were so sorry. Hi, we're bad at our jobs. <laughs> we're really bad at our jobs. I'm the only one out of all of us that does this full time. And yeah, no, I'm really fucking bad at it. I'm sorry. You're <laughs> exceptionally bad because you should know better. I should. Um, actually, well, Twitch doesn't have super Actually, chats, what so. I can do is go look through our monetization records. Look for supers. Gilbert Gottfried is Here the bio wizard. Here we go. Um, God. No, Gilbert Gottfried has Omo Chow. Right, so see, Hey, oh, Sonic, can... welcome back. I found the super chats. Okay. Um, so uh, we've got Mr. SP with 10 USD says Nick needs to come back as a zombot. Somebody. Uh, so basically, I only get the first sentence of these super chats. It was uh, so and... I, I remember the end part of that super chat. It was um, uh, somebody quick make fan art of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got our pal Jamal with five dollars saying hi, hi guys, congratulations on both pup sixty four point seven k and Nick eighty six. Nick has eighty six subscribers. It's not what he wrote. It's just that the sentence cuts off there on the thing. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Nick, on eighty six subscribers. How do you feel? Well, that was interesting. Yeah, it's not really that... liking the casual sexism we're getting here. This isn't. God. So I, I do want to throw. I, I threw pictures into our Discord chat for just a second here. I just want to show what Sonic Forces does to a person, since we can talk about it for at least five seconds an episode. Starting um... Sonic Forces. And let's finish. So oh, she's sad in the next thumbnail. <laughs> you start the first thumbnail. Starting Sonic Forces. The next thumbnail. Forcing our way to the end. Did you know that I bought Sonic Forces three times? Yes. And yeah. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. Them, one of them was I, actually kind of recent as well. I bought it once on sale and I downloaded it for free once because it was on the PSN like monthly thing. So I got it on PlayStation 4 unsuspectingly when it came out. So I didn't know any better then. I then bought it on PC. So I could mm. have the mods, but it was like on a Steam sale for like seven quid. So it was like, why not? There, uh, there are any good and... mods on on PC version? Yeah, yeah. There's some mods that really improve the level design. There's like the reimagined mods, which fix some of the level design up. It's not perfect, there's but like it, it really helps. Too, aren't there? There's also like a classic Sonic physics mod, uh, which really helps classic Sonic. There's a mod that adds a chaos boss fight by the Duck Dealer, which oh. is absolutely astonishing. Um. 
And um, yeah, but I also bought it on Nintendo Switch quite recently because I feel like it's just the ideal game for on a handheld. You, know? you uh, you play that on docked mode yet? I can't play it on docked mode because I have he a has fucking a Switch light. light. I have the Switch. Oh, light. okay. Don't in in docked mode the frame rate tanks. Yeah, I've it heard, is. But I I literally unplayable. Only, I literally only have it on the Switch Lite, so it's like it's the perfect little game for a handheld device. Like yeah. You just sit down, play it quickly, you know, have a little bit of fun. Like, yeah. Nah. I did uh, I did kind of feel scorned from Dark Mode on Forces, though. It was like a lot of people were like, uh, hey, you're going to get uh, uh, Colors Ultimate on the Switch? I'm like, fuck no, I'm getting out of the PS4. Like, I want to actually be able to play it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like, when it comes to third-party games on Switch, the Switch is rarely my first choice of console to put it on. Yeah. I learned that from um, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Oh, um, yeah. When it first came out on the Switch, it was nigh on unplayable. It was an absolute mess. They fortunately patched a lot of the problems out, but it's still definitely the less desirable method of playing. And as well as that, it took them like two months to get the game in an acceptable state. The Switch is such a strange console because it's like, it's got some of my favorite games ever. Um, And uh, it's got some games that I could not possibly be more excited about i it, it, dread has still been the only thing on my brain i feel um, like they've omitted so much fun stuff from like the nintendo 3ds though like wh- why can't it have things like street pass and a fun me system i know it has me's but it's much more basic my coworker and, like, and i were just talking about like home screen themes yesterday yeah, like exactly. where are those why, why yeah. is there not a home screen theme the, i the get dream- it, they wanted to make it more of a devoted to gaming only thing but like yeah but, like, the, the Dreamcast theme on the 3DS is, like, one of my favorite things I've ever paid for. I've got the Sonic Boom theme on there because it was free. Nice. Did you, um, yeah, but... Maro, you are... I, I Sorry, I have to actually answer this one in the chat. Maro's 100% right. We should get Natalie uh, from ContraPoints to be Rouge. It would be perfect. <laughs> I'm okay with for... that casting. From what? I haven't actually watched ContraPoints, but I'm told that I would like her. She is a very she's a very very good YouTuber and very entertaining. Um and her her last one uh was really kind of funny. Like I got to be honest this might be the first time I'm hearing that name. Really? I don't I I look, all of my free time goes to like listening to the same stuff that I've heard before. I've watched uh uh Steak Bentley's three and a half hour like Metal Gear Solid 4 rant like 50 times. I <laughs> continuously listen to like the same things, which apparently is an anxiety thing. Um I don't thing. branch out very often. I I I'm uh, I'm not up in with with the the hit new YouTubers. I I don't you know, know who's popular great, anymore. You know a great channel for content that makes you feel at home. Channel uh, Channel Pop. I was oh guys I was literally just about to say that. Thank you. I, I, oh. <laughs> I will say I will say this: like you, like the three of you, you, uh, Channel Pup and Nick, are actually like in my comfort category of stuff to watch. But I'm just mm. like, I'm just gonna put this on while I'm cooking food. It's gonna be good. I 100%. should like upload again sometime. Yeah, you should. Uh, content's been kind of dry. The uh, the freaking. Uh, God, I've just been trying to, to review A Link to the Past, but I've also had, like, three other projects that I've been trying to work on at once. <sighs> Shit's hard. Wayne. 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 
Wayne. I want to be Vector the Crocodile. Oh my god. Wayne! <laughs> that computer room! Wayne, the computer room! It's on fire! Make a new video in the computer room! Wayne, I'm going to fuck you! I think I think we are at the point where we do need to start wrapping up. Ah! Oh my god! Oh, I'm I'm it did not. Ah! Yeah, it's almost been it's almost been two hours, guys. Has it really? It did not feel like that long. Yep. Nick, any last words? Why the fuck would you say that, dude? Yeah, you're really off the mark today, man. I Seriously. Never... God, it, should we? Should... We're, we're gonna have to have another meeting. Yeah. Let's. Next time we do one of these, let's not have Nick on it. Uh, oh, yeah, geez, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you get one more chance next time, Nick. <laughs> wow, that... first group meeting that isn't related to me. That's awesome. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is the end of an arc. Well, anyway, guys. Um, we... Fuck off. I'm trying to do the outro, okay? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, uh, Wayne. What are you what are you up to now so our viewers know where to look? Like your social medias are always like Wayne is boss, aren't they? Like on Twitter and YouTube and all that jazz. It's uh it's it's pretty often Wayne is boss. I have been trying to stream more, so you can find me on Twitch. Uh I might actually go ahead and get on and play some more Spider Man Web of Shadows tonight. Is that on Twitch? Um, Sorry, did you say? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll try be... and be there. I'll try and be there for that because I would like to see that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm having a lot of fun uh, going back on some of these Spider-Man games just for kind of casual streaming. Um, I am trying really hard to get the A Link to the Past review out. I, I lost a lot of progress while recording footage, and that just kind of was defeating. And then I was also just juggling too many projects at once and, and stacked that on top of work's been pretty stressful lately and haven't been sleeping great. Sorry, no, it's it's just been a lot of stuff lately has been really slowing me down, but I'm hoping to get back on the horse soon. October is definitely going to have tons of content. Um, but uh, right now, Link to the Past Review, I'm hoping should be out in the next week or two. Um, so that's what I'm working on. Get to fucking work, Wayne. Okay. While um, Wayne is struggling with juggling things, Cyrus, how are you jiggling things? Uh, well, uh... Well done. We we recently had a poll over whether or not people enjoyed the 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 bikini regular or the maid outfit the most over on my Twitch. I'm gonna go ahead and put a vote in for maid outfit. The what, maid what outfit won? actually won. The maid outfit. Oh, won. nice. Um, I was I was kind of surprised that the maid outfit won, but apparently it did. So it very much carves a good figure in a very much a subtle kind of a way, I would say. <laughs> um, but past that, we've been doing uh, so we've actually been doing over on my Twitch uh, a lot of Pokemon Unite. Um, so Twitch is, uh, at Necosaurus. Uh, we also, I, that's the same thing for my YouTube channel where I talk about game stuff. It's just Cirrus if you want to hear me talk about real world stuff that makes you really depressed. Um, but what I've been doing is, like, in between covering my usual topics, I just do, like, three to four quick rounds of Pokemon Unite. And I'm going to be honest, it's been really fun. And having having fights with people over whether or not that game's pay to win spoiler alert it is and it's very predatory and it's bad uh but having those fights has been very cathartic because fighting over video games is much more fun than fighting over real life issues that actually affect people's lives well shit that sounds like there's a lot going on there um in uh, Nick's case, uh, you can catch him over on Game Apologist on YouTube, and I think same goes for Twitter, doesn't it? He's uh, also got 
Yes. And he, uh, he actually... Sorry. Sorry. Go on, Wayne. I was going to say, uh, he actually just uploaded uh, his final Sonic Speed reading on the uh, the conclusion and the wrap-up of, or I guess aftermath, rather, of the uh, uh, Metal Virus arc I'm in glad the ID Sonic. the Metal Virus arc for the third time. I, yeah, that, uh, I did watch it. Very fun episode. I liked it a lot, and he, he got to share his thoughts on uh, just kind of reflecting back on the series. Definitely a good listen. Um, if, if you want to go ahead and give that a watch, uh, definitely recommend. All right, and uh, he's also got a Twitch where he occasionally streams. He's kind of just getting started up, but uh, be sure to check that out as well. And then, and then there is me. And, um... Basically, uh, I'm Channel Pop on pretty much all of my social media piggies, be it Twitter or YouTube. Um, and on the YouTube end of things, I'm currently on the home stretch of uh, my Sonic handheld series. Well, home stretch as far as Nintendo DS, 3DS exclusives go. Uh, I think we've got two more games to go. The last one that was uploaded was Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. The next one will be Sonic Boom Fire and Ice. But also we will be looking at Sonic Chronicles as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, me done. And uh, I also post all kinds of cursed shit on Twitter. So if you're into that kind of stuff, you know where to go. Well, that's it for today, guys. Uh, the sun is setting on Sunset City. So until the next time, fuck off.